Hey guys, welcome to episode two of a Wrestling Gal podcast, providing you with a female perspective on all things wrestling. Join me, your host and wrestling enthusiast, Ella J, as I give my takeaways from this last exciting week of wrestling and tell you guys who you need to watch out for. Now let's chat. Okay guys, so we've just come off a week of so many exciting wrestling events, including NXT TakeOver, SummerSlam, Summer Supercard, NJPW's Climax, and an all-women's event, The Summit, just to name a few. And so it's safe to say that wrestling fans have been saturated with a lot of wrestling content lately, and I'm very thankful for it. It was a very exciting weekend, full of some very, very impressive matches and some surprises too, which is why I'm going to explain some of the takeaways I had from this past weekend and kind of review it a little bit, while also tying in 10 wrestling stars who you guys need to watch, in my opinion. So without further ado, let's get started. So I was able to attend an NXT. NXT live show this past Friday, the day before NXT TakeOver. And overall, it was a very exciting show building up to TakeOver, which happened to be the next day, with some notable absences in Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. But still, I can't complain. It really, really was a spectacular show that they put on, with Match of the Night definitely being Matt Riddle versus Pete Dunne. Let me tell you guys something. You guys should have been there because the crowd was torn for who to cheer for because... At the beginning, we were all like, bro, bro, bro. But then Pete Dunne comes out and you just know they're both faces and they're so good. They had such a good chemistry together with back and forth moves. So it really was a treat for the crowd. It was definitely the most exciting match of the night. And so this match is one of the reasons why Matt Riddle is on my top 10 people to watch list right now. He definitely has the charisma and in-ring ability to be able to back himself up and back the crowd up behind him. He's so worth the hype, and he's just a really good thing going for them right now, even if he's not a focal figure around NXT or WWE. But people are talking about him, and WWE needs to capitalize, whether it's maybe Matt versus Goldberg with everything that's going on right now, but Matt versus Pete Dunne definitely needs to be seen on television. Trust me. I do think the spot that he had with Killian Dane at NXT TakeOver was quite enticing. So we'll see where that goes, but they need to capitalize on him right now when he's red hot. They really do. And speaking of NXT, it wouldn't be right for me to not mention Io Shirai who stole the show with Candice LeRae in NXT TakeOver. And considering they barely had any hype going into their match, I would say this is match the night behind Johnny and Adam. But hear me out because I have been a fan of Io Shirai ever since I saw her the first time. And so this new heel turn, I didn't know how it was going to be, but this performance she just put on against Candice solidified her as one of the top heels. Between men and women, just overall, she is definitely one of the top heel performers right now. And so I would for sure categorize her as one to watch. And I have to give credit to Candace as well because I don't think anyone has kicked out of EO's moonsault since she debuted last year. This lit a fire under EO. It was very believable. EO started punching her and then put her in the Koji clutch and Candace looked like she was about to tap. But EO wouldn't let her and so I think Candace passing out to the Koji clutch puts both of them over because it shows that Candace is a fighter and she's very resilient and she will go until she physically can't anymore. And it puts EO over because it shows that she 
she has the ability to be one of the top women in the wrestling world today. And Io definitely cranked up that intensity. So she definitely earned a spot in my top 10 people to watch. But another thought I had about NXT TakeOver was kind of the shocking defeat of Mia Yim. And not to discredit Shayna or anything, but I feel like her reign has gone on for so long. And I was kind of expecting Mia to win, especially since Io, the heel in this situation, had already won her match previously in the night. And so I really thought Shayna would lose and Mia the face would become the new NXT Women's Champion, but obviously that did not happen. So this leads me to believe that the feud between Mia and Shayna and kind of Bianca too is over, and so we should be expecting a new woman to be in the NXT Women's Championship picture. But at this point, we really don't know. But if you have been paying attention to Twitter, there's been someone who's been out for a little bit now because she had surgery, and after that match between Mia and Shayna, she tweeted something. She tweeted hashtag conflict resolution and I'm talking about Dakota Kai in case you're not aware and if you don't know the history between Shayna and Dakota early last year Shayna had defeated Dakota and injured her and so Dakota was out for a couple months with an arm injury and with the recent return of Tegan Knox, Dakota has taken the opportunity on multiple occasions to tease her return as well and she said it's coming very very soon she's been also teasing new gear so if anyone's gonna defeat Queen Shayna I really think it should be Dakota. And that is why Dakota lands a spot on my top 10 people to watch list because she's one of the most naturally gifted people out there and she is so powerful and she is such a great baby face that the crowd can get behind and in this case it would be a David versus Goliath story with the history between Shayna and Dakota. It can always show shades of that in like a video package and hype up Dakota's return. Story is definitely there with them. They have history and so it wouldn't be that weird, that strange, especially Especially, you know, even if Jessamine and Marina somehow help out Shayna, I think Tegan and Mia can kind of be back up to Dakota, like her crew. Who knows? But I really hope I'm right and that Dakota is going to be one to watch. And speaking of women to watch, you guys need to watch Mercedes Martinez and Tessa Blanchard. And WWE needs to sign them. <laughs> Because truthfully, they are two of the best women's wrestlers in the world right now. I would say the best, honestly. I mean, you have Mercedes Martinez, who is a multi-time champion right now. She is the current AWS champion, the current Indie Girls champion, the current NCW Femi Fatales champion. And she is the Shimmer Tag Team champion right now. And she's also the World Association of Wrestling World champion right now. And so how could you not sign her? And I mean, look at her first two performances in the Mae Young Classic. The first year, she made it all the way to the final four. And she was such a powerhouse and had this badass energy. And she's so gifted. She is such a great in-ring veteran. And so they need to utilize her and they need to sign her. I mean, imagine the matchups that we could get. We could get Mercedes versus Io Shirai. We could get Mercedes versus Shayna Baszler again, and that was a great match. We could get Mercedes versus Charlotte Flair, Mercedes versus Asuka. There's so many possibilities, and Mercedes is an in-ring veteran. She could work with anyone, much like Tessa Blanchard could work with anyone. I mean, look at her work against Sammy Callahan at Slammiversary last month, and look at her get beat up with a baseball bat. That's just insane. It's great. 
Tessa is just so charismatic and very fierce in the ring and she's very tough. She honestly, in my opinion, has the it factor. She can go against men, women, any gender and she delivers constantly. And so I really believe that she is the future of wrestling as a whole, not just women's wrestling, but wrestling as a whole. And keep in mind, Tessa is only 24 and Tessa's doing great things for herself outside of the biggest wrestling company in the world. She's making a name for herself, a very big name, and she deserves it. And speaking of women who have made a name for themselves, I have to mention Sasha Banks, who returned on Monday Night Raw in quite shocking fashion. Wrestling fans had been speculating about her return for weeks leading up to it, but it was never really confirmed until the moment she came out. But when she did, boy, that pop was loud. There was a sense of excitement between the crowd and myself because Sasha's absence was really noticeable, especially on the raw women's side of things. She's been such a focal figure the last few years in the women's evolution, and her character is one of the most recognizable and popular today, even in the mainstream media. So her return definitely warranted some pops, but she had other things on her mind, as evidenced by her turn on Natalia. And this heel turn felt very intense and very deliberate, considering it was the one-year anniversary of Natalia's dad dying. It was very sad, but at the same time, it got Sasha's character over in a good way, because it re-emphasizes her status as the boss. The fiery, fearless heel that we got back in NXT is back, and she puts up some competition for Becky Lynch now, especially after she beat up Becky with that chair. Sasha's whole heel turn which is very big but also very needed not only because it gives us a heel woman that the raw division can center around but because it re-sparks this rivalry between becky and sasha that can really be magical and honestly i can't wait for it so you need to watch sasha banks so switching gears here another segment that we got on monday night raw was the announcement of the return of the king of the ring which piqued my interest because this is always a very fun tournament i love tournaments and from the names given of the participants i feel like there's two that we need to watch especially and that is ali known as mustafa ali and andrade cn almas also known as andrade now and these two are definitely two of the top uprising stars right now in WWE. And so winning this tournament could definitely help get them over even more than they already are. Ali has been given a decent push lately, but I feel like this King of the Ring could elevate him even more than he already is. He's super athletic, he has a really cool gimmick, and he's so over with the crowd. But I think the right winner here is Andrade. And his victory over Rey Mysterio in a 2 out of 3 falls match on Raw pretty much solidifies him in my mind as the rightful winner of this tournament. I mean, Rey is an in-ring veteran and a former world champion at that, so pushing on Andrade is the direction that they're gonna go in and so I don't hate it. I love it actually and I think it's the right call to push some of the newer stars to win King of the Ring and so I could see Ali or Andrade winning it or at least going far but I could also see Ricochet win or at least put on an awesome match with maybe someone like Cesaro but either way Andrade and Ali are two to watch. And another person, or rather, people to watch, revolve around the 24-7 title. And that is Drake Maverick in R-Truth. And as of this recording, R-Truth is a 12-time 24-7 champion. 
And let me just tell you, this run of the 24-7 championship has been honestly probably my favorite part about WWE for the last couple months. It's just provided some very needed comedic relief to the show, to be honest with you. And they're really doing something with this 24-7 title. But this has turned into one of the best things about Raw and SmackDown. I mean, we had Kelly Kelly and Candice Michelle as champions in 2019. And we also had a pregnant Maria as champion. And that whole segment was just so good. Oh man, I can't describe how much I love it. Drake, Maverick, Renee, Michelle, Carmella, and R-Truth have just taken the ball and run with this whole thing. But I'm still waiting for the day that Carmella pins Drake or pins R-Truth because it just has to happen at this point. The whole thing is just so good. You need to watch. And speaking of fun in wrestling, you guys need to watch Lux, also known as Kingsley and Xena. They are two women's wrestlers from Australia in a tag team. And Xena is the current Future Wrestling Australia Women's Champion. And together, they're honestly just so good as a heel tag team. They just have a whole great heel attitude that reminds me of old school divas. They're very fierce, very intelligent though too, but they're so funny too as heels. They're both young, but they're so good in the ring and have great in-ring chemistry, especially with their opponents, even against each other when it was Kellyanne versus Kingsley versus Xena for the FWA championship. It was such a stellar match, but had some very serious moves in there. But at the end, it was very funny too. They are able to put comedy into wrestling and it just works so well for them. And they are the future of women's tag team wrestling. I'm calling it right now. They have such bright futures ahead of them. They have great character development. They know their niche and they have the look. And that's the tea. And speaking of tea, I think it's necessary for me to talk about a huge wrestling event that's coming up at the end of the month here. And that is AEW's All Out. And this event is going to be a huge one because they're crowning the first AEW world champion. And if you know me, you know I have to root for my boy Adam Page. But that doesn't mean that I don't love Chris Jericho because I do. He always reinvents himself. He's always interesting. And he is just the epitome of wrestling right now in my opinion. But with this insertion of Adam Page into the world title picture, it's kind of new territory for him because he's kind of been the underdog and most underrated member of the Bullet Club and All Elite in the past. And I feel like they're finally giving him the spotlight that he deserves and they're giving him a chance to possibly be the face of the company. And I really do believe that Adam Page needs to be the first AEW world champion, especially with their new TV deal that's coming out this fall. I feel like they need to have a face as their champion to represent them. Not taking anything away from Chris Jericho because I know he could take the ball and just run with it. But a newer face... I feel like in this instance would cause for more celebration and more interest in the audience because they don't really know who he is. He hasn't been pushed that much in the past. And so I feel like this gives the audience an opportunity to get to know him and prove himself as a champion. And in a company filled with really big names like Chris Jericho, Cody Rhodes, and Kenny Omega, and even John Moxley, Adam Page is kind of the dark horse to be the first AEW champion. And I think he can rise to the occasion. But then again, Chris Jericho is the first AEW champion. It's so enticing. It excites me so much to think about. 
He could take that title in so many different directions with that mind of his, and it would give the audience the thrill of the chase with Adam Page going after the title, and AEW could build up the story as Adam Page the underdog and have this big build up to this big moment where he finally wins the title after so many bouts. They could do a lot with this title picture. I really don't know what they're going to do. I personally would go with Adam Page, but I could also see the other side of it with having Chris Jericho a big brand name as your first champion. That'd be really good for television because he's just awesome and you really could hype up the chase that Adam Page has after the title. I feel like the audience could really get behind him in that instance as the underdog. It's up to AEW but either way I feel like it's just going to be an exciting first inaugural champion for their company. And speaking of champions, did you guys watch Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano at NXT TakeOver Toronto? Because my oh my, that was a fantastic match, possible contender for match of the year. And that match ended up seeing Adam Cole retaining his championship, surprisingly as none of the other members of Undisputed Era were able to be victorious in their bouts that night. And the Undisputed Era is definitely a group to watch if you're not already invested in them. I highly suggest watching them because they are so over with the crowd even as heels last Friday at my NXT event even when the street profits the faces the champions were out there people were chanting undisputed undisputed when Bobby and Kyle were out and even during the main event when it was Velveteen versus Roderick Stong there were so many undisputed and Roderick chants and they're so talented and so cohesive as a group they mesh so well together and so I'm kind of surprised they didn't have them all be champions at once because I think It'd be very historic. It'd be a very historic moment, very exciting moment in history to be a part of. And I really think that they should consider placing the titles on them. But at the same time, Velveteen Dream is just this mystic enigma that you can't deny. And I became an even bigger fan of the Street Profits after this weekend, for sure. And switching gears a little bit, I wanted to mention Ring of Honor because Summer Supercard also happened this weekend. And one match definitely piqued my interest. If you know me, you know I love my girl Kelly Klein, and so I have to mention her. And she ended up retaining her ROH Women's Championship after she defeated Tasha Steeles, but that didn't stop Angelina Love from coming out and laying her out after the match, which is no surprise if you've been following ROH for the last few months. And you would know that the allure consists of Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, and Mandy Leone. And ever since a few months ago, they've been laying waste to the whole ROH Women's Division, but especially Kelly Klein. They've been a thorn at her side and constantly attacking her behind her back when she's just been alone in the ring. But now it seems that Angelina wants to face Kelly one-on-one, which we rightfully deserve at this point. And so Kelly obviously needs some backup just in case. And so I feel like maybe aligning her with someone like Maria Manic, who just debuted very recently in ROH, could be very beneficial because Maria is a beast as a woman. She is so tough, so intimidating, but she could go over so well against someone like the Allure. It could really set up an intense angle for the women's title picture. But for sure, this Ring of Honor women's division is going to be one to watch for the future. They have so many bright stars coming up like Stella Gray and Tasha Steeles and Maria Manic. They're going to do great things. I already know it. Just watch. And another Ring of Honor talent that I really, really enjoy is Jeff Cobb. He is also signed 
signed to New Japan, and he just had a match, actually a tag team match, at Climax this past weekend for New Japan. And he is so undoubtedly athletic. For a guy who's as big as he is, you would maybe think that he's not as athletic, but he can go in the ring. And I always say that Jeff Cobb is God because you need to watch him. Trust me, I can't describe it, but he is so athletic and so gifted in the ring. And I always love, love watching his matches. So watch Jeff Cobb, everyone. And moving on to one last notable takeaway from this whole weekend of wrestling is the introduction of The Fiend, formerly known as Bray Wyatt. And if you guys watched that segment with Finn Balor, you would know that you would have absolute goosebumps. So I won't spoil it in case you haven't seen that part of SummerSlam, but just know that Bray Wyatt's new merch went flying off the shelves apparently. So obviously they're doing something right. They're engaging the crowd in this new gimmick and I'm all here for it. And so this concludes episode two of a wrestling gal podcast. But I wanted to thank you guys so much for listening to this whole thing. This whole past weekend of wrestling was really so exciting. There was so much going on, but I tried to follow it all or at least go back and watch it if I missed it. And I definitely have an even deeper love for NXT since I attended the live show on Friday. It was such an amazing show. And then to follow up with that with NXT TakeOver Toronto was the best show of the weekend in my opinion. And there seems to be a lot of things to look forward to now in wrestling. All Out is coming up and there's a possible evolution too. So I'm really stoked to have more content to talk about. And I'm hoping to get some special guests on for you guys because there's some wrestlers especially that I really want to get to have a chat with. But until then, don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at a wrestling gal and leave me your thoughts and comments because I really love hearing from you guys how you think I'm doing so far and any ideas you might have for a future episode. I have some ideas in mind, but I always love hearing from you guys, so don't forget to follow me and interact with me so I can get to know my audience too. I really want to build a community of female wrestling fans because like I said in my first episode, I feel like there's not a lot of female voices, especially in the wrestling world, and I want to create content from a different perspective. So I hope together maybe more females will feel more comfortable to speak out about their opinions in the wrestling world, especially something that we're fans of. Thanks for tuning in!